Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Azima here, back with a new episode. I hope everyone is having a great snowy weekend. Uh, good Lord, do not remember the last time it made a snow this much. Beautiful time for the album Blizzard 96. We'll never forget that album. Some guy's out in the middle of the street right now. I think he's haggling. Some guy in a car. Uh, yeah, he is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, you gotta love recording a podcast and two pedestrians about a scrap while getting out of the car. You gotta love it. Nah, sorry about that. So, now as I was saying, it's been a beautiful time. Great for Blizzard 96. Great album. Overall, I, I really enjoy the snow right now. I'm a bit distracted by the pedestrians outside. Uh, one of them cucked out and drove away. <clears throat> I'd imagine you don't want to be scrapping with a random stranger with Rona around, so understandable. But, why am I talking to you guys today? Uh, vices. Addictions. What are they? Why do we have them? Why is it important? Uh, when we typically think of an addiction or advice, I, for me, before I actually knew the by definition, I would think of alcoholism, you know, uh, drugs, things along those lines, you know, that, which is pretty bare bones because that's what kind of an addiction is. But we go a bit further and we look at the addiction of porn. For example, you know, addiction of food, addiction of beating your wife or your husband, uh, these types of things. And it's important to realize the difference between an addiction and a vice, or they're kind of one and the same, or kind of synonymous, forgive me for that. But there, there's an importance to actually try to distinguish where this is coming from, because oftentimes we would think, let's try to quit whatever vice or addiction we have, but we kind of either relapse or move towards a different type of vice. Uh, I'll give you a personal example I knew of. The one guy, greatest guy I knew for the most part. Uh, I'll keep his name out of the podcast out of respect. Uh, he was a drill instructor back in the law enforcement exploring program. I idealized him. He was amazing. Um, I heard a story from one of his colleagues that told me that he used to be, I believe, a heavy smoker or a drinker, one of the two. I can't remember exactly. But ever since he quit, his new vice is just destroying uh, sunflower seeds. Just like he carries packets and packets and packets and packets with them every single day. And looking back at it, I did always wonder why he had so many sunflower seeds. But regardless, that's a good example of how you leave one vice to go to another. And sometimes that vice isn't a horrible idea because... Sure, eating a shit ton of sunflower seeds isn't um, ideal, especially for the floor around you, but it isn't destructive. You know, you're not really harming anybody. We need to find out where the addiction comes from, because if I'm going to sit here and tell you we're going to go through life not having advice, that is a big lie. But if I sit here and tell you that if you kick your addiction, but you don't kick the problem that's inside of you, then you're never going to fix yourself. And that's not a lie. And that's not to be pessimistic. That isn't to make you feel as if you have to go above and beyond to try to make your life better. You should. But it should at least allow you to be able to think that, all right, well, granted, I may smoke like 12 blunts a day. And I may drink maybe 20 bottles a day or something like that. I don't know. But whether or not I stop or whether or not I continue, I'm still going to have those dwelling thoughts in the back of my mind. And sometimes it's shame. Uh, This is... From a personal experience as well, for me, with shame. Sometimes shame hinders you from moving forward or wanting to be sober. Uh, For me, 
it comes out in a line of smoking, you know, wanting to get high at times. For others, it's drinking, heroin, whatever. But the shame you feel or you accumulate in life or whatever what's going on in your um, moment, that really consumes you. And sometimes, if not always, you bring shame to yourself. Nobody can shame you. They can make you feel bad, sure. Like, anybody can make you feel some type of way if they are name-calling you or calling you out on your accomplishments that haven't been completed. But shame comes from one person, and that's yourself. And oftentimes, it's the shame that we have that allow us to dive deep into the holes we create and allow us to continue to abuse the, the addiction or drugs or whatever we use to continue to ignore what we have. As I light a spliff right now. <laughs> now, granted, we look at some of the addictions we carry maybe as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As an excuse. Some of us have put ourselves in a position where they didn't take responsibility for their addiction or the advice that they got onto. My example for you guys is when I first started smoking. I believe I was like 14, 15, the first time I smoked. I didn't consistently start smoking until I was 17 or something or 16, but around 14 or 15 is the first time I uh, smoked. Uh, I recall uh, my brother smoking, and I was like, dude, like, that's, that's kind of fucking wild, you know? Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I was not with it at all. I really was not okay with it. Until one day, my cousin and a former friend of mine both wanted to smoke, and they were smokers. Uh... And I w- really wasn't, but I wanted to smoke with them for the first time, and it was great. Maybe about a few months afterwards, I was really, really, really thinking on how I felt kind of forced. And then I felt like an idiot because the more I thought about it, the more I, I recall I was the one who was kind of spewing out to somebody I wanted to smoke, even if I never smoked at the same time. The point I'm trying to make here with this uh, random kind of point in the story is the responsibility you hold for yourself and when this addiction starts also allows you to actually eventually kick it out. Granted, I don't want to quit smoking. I think I'm able to balance it well enough where it's not affecting me too much. But at the same time, I'm also able to realize that if it ever truly does get to that point where I don't want to do anything but smoke, then I probably am going to have to cut it back. And besides the smoking, I am going to have to figure out what it is I'm avoiding while I'm sober, that I have to be high constantly. Some people think that doing drugs, drinking, or whatever vice you use to get away from the world makes you forget and helps you live life. To some extent, that is true because you may be briefly mentally incapacitated with whatever drug you're taking. So you can't focus on that, literally. But eventually, when you start coming down, when you're out of whatever you're using, what's going to happen then when you're sober and you have to sit down and talk with yourself? It's never easy. And things like this, addiction, vices, can take years to kick in the proper support system. We have 
pretty much doesn't work for somebody who doesn't want to change or who doesn't feel the change. They need somebody in the corner. They need somebody to support them. Whether or not you have those people, that's a different story. But the importance of finding the root of our problems and why we don't want to stay sober, or even the people who stay sober, why we choose to have certain vices that harm our lives because we choose to ignore the shortcomings, the mistakes we have that we never truly address, the shame that we can't shake off, none of it. If your vice is eating sunflower seeds, by all means do it. Just understand that if you are burning through four or five bags a day and after that you're still fidgety or ignoring something, so you, you have to address the problem in life. Of course, sooner or later it will get worse. Maybe you actually will start eating sunflowers.